Well, Heavenly Father, I, I truly want to come before you right now and say thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, there's men and women that you have to come into our life and to share the gospel. There are men and women, Father, that have made sacrifices, that gave their lives to serve you as ambassadors for Christ. Father, we've stood on the shoulders of giants. Everything I'm about to, he to say is because I've heard others that had a more commitment to you, that had a life that glorified you and that honored you. And I just pray this day that we in this room will have that same desire, that passion to love you and to be an ambassador for Christ and to worship you in a way that we've never done before. I thank you for this opportunity that you've given us all, Lord God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. Song always tears me up. <clears throat> Can you turn, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians 5? We're going to 2 Corinthians 5 chapters, starting in chapter, I'm sorry, it's on verse 17. Okay. Therefore, if anyone, <coughs> if anyone in Christ, he is a new creature. The old passes away, and behold, the new has come. All this is from God, through whom, th through Christ Jesus, through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making this appeal through us, we implore you on the behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. I want to give a definition of what uh, the ambassador, I was going online, I was trying to prepare for this teaching. And so, like I said, what I'm about to share with you is what uh, others have, have said. And so I want to just uh, go off of that. Definition of an ambassador is in the dictionary, the meaning of the word ambassador is the highest ranking diplomat, diplomatic representative appointed by one country or government to represent it in another. Another definition of an ambassador is an official, official messenger or agent with a special mission. And that we have. We all have a special mission. Uh, turn to Ephesians, uh, I'm sorry, Philippians 3.20. And see, we are not, we've all heard that we, this earth, is, this world is not our home. Okay, we are kind of, we are messengers, or we are, we're sent here so that we can share the gospel and reach other people's lives. Uh, Philippians uh, 3, chapter, uh, Philippians 3.20. I got to give one of those Bibles that have the big, <laughs> the big first. I hate the small ones. Okay. Uh, 320. 
Okay. Um, oh, I guess we're going to go to Philippians. I'll find it. 320. So, okay. Okay, but, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. I was I went online, I, was, I looked up ambassador, ambassador for Christ. And this is a powerful, this really uh, said a lot about what uh, ambassador for Christ should be. It says, as a Christian, you are an ambassador for Christ. That is one who represents Christ, just as an earthly ambassador represents and communicates the desires and will of the head of state that sent him or her. her. So you are to represent and communicate the desires and will of Christ to others. I've already read 2 Corinthians 2, 5.20. Who does your life represent? Christ or you? Are you living for your own self-interest or are you living for him? It may be easy to live for him in some of the time, but the rest of the time, are you living for yourself or your own interests? Whom are you representing when you sit down at the computer or use social media? Is the role as an ambassador for Christ a part-time one or full-time? You are an example. The truth is that our action speaks volumes more to people around us than what we say. We can think that we are representing Christ if we are often speaking of him to others. Excuse me. But it is our life, our decisions, what we do and what we don't do in the daily situation that truly speaks the most. You are an example to others no matter how you live. The question is whether you are a good example or a bad example. We can say it another way. Your life is at all times representing someone. The question is whom? Jesus said that you will know the tree by its fruit. People always taste the fruit that comes from your life in a daily situation. It is possible for us to imitate Christ. Do you go along with the crowd at school or at work because it is difficult for you to say no and go against the peer pressure? Or do you live your life for Jesus and take a stand for what is right? Do you give in when frustration or anger rises up within you? Or do the people around you sense only peace and patience in every trying situation? When you do what is good and right in difficult situations, then you are being an ambassador for Christ. People see the life of God's Son manifested once again in human flesh. And the power of that life manifests as goodness and love in difficult situations can bring hope to others who also have a longing for such a life of goodness and love in the life of Christ. Paul writes, be imitators of me as I also imitate Christ in 1 Corinthians 11, 1. And again in Ephesians 5, 1, he writes, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. It must therefore be possible for us to imitate Christ. That is to say, to represent and communicate his desires and will 
while we are here on earth. Power to live as ambassadors for Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. If we only had our own strength to try and live such a life, it would truly be impossible. But the Holy Spirit can come into the heart of every believer and empower them to live a life worthy of the heavenly calling, a transformed life of goodness and love. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In 2 Timothy 1.7, and again it says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13 Blessed is each one who believes what is written, who believes in the power available to those who love God with all their heart, power to live an power to live as an ambassador for Christ during our short time on earth and communicate his gospel of a transformed life by way of example of living for Christ. <clears throat> you know, Mara, you said something that was very powerful when you said that uh, you had a friend of yours that died recently just like that. And, it's, and so I was when, when you said that, it reminded me of what I just read. It says that <clears throat> power to live as an ambassador for Christ during our short time on earth and communicate his gospel of a transformed life by way of example and living tangible proof. We have one shot at it, at this life. One shot. <clears throat> this, I was reading a book by... Uh, <clears throat> knowing God. And there was, he, he made a quote from uh, J.C. Riles, powerful. It was one of those things I had been asking, Lord, you know, I want to surrender everything. You know, I don't want to be on my deathbed. And then, okay, Lord, I'm, I want to serve you. But I want to serve you while I'm healthy. I have my health. I have my mind. And this really helped me. I'm not there, <laughs> believe me far from it but this is my this is the way I want to live this is the way I want to live and now he wrote the title of this a zealous man in religion well I kind of adapted it to my you know to, to my teaching because we know that's kind of that title is kind of iffy there <clears throat> what he says a zealous man a zealous ambassador for Christ is preeminently a man of one thing it is not enough to say that he is earnest, hearty, uncompromising, thoroughgoing, wholehearted, fervent in spirit. He sees one thing. He cares for one thing. He lives for one thing. And that one thing is to please God. He is consumed by one thing. And that one thing is to please God. Whether he lives or whether he dies. Whether he has health or whether he has sickness. Whether he's rich or whether he is poor, whether he pleases man, or whether he gives offense, whether he is thought wise, or whether he is thought foolish, whether he gets blame, or whether he gets praise, whether he gets honor, or whether he gets shame. For all this, the zealous ambassador for Christ cares nothing at all. He burns for one thing, and that one thing is to please God and advance God's glory. If he is consumed in the burning, he is content. 
He feels that like a lamp he is made to burn and is consumed in burning. He has but done the work for which God appointed him. For such a one will always find a sphere for his zeal. If he cannot preach and work and give money, he will cry and sigh and pray. Yes, if he is a pauper on a perpetual bed of sickness, he will make the wheels of sin around him drive heavily by continually interceding against it. If he cannot fight in the valley with Joshua, then he will do the prayer work of Moses, Aaron, and Hur on the hill. If he is cut off from the working, cut off from working himself, he will give the Lord no rest until he raises up from another quarter and the work is done. This is what I mean as I speak of an zealous ambassador for Christ. I mean, this is that I, I, I looked at my life and I, I, I asked myself, where are you in that spectrum of what you what I just read? I asked myself. And so my whole desire is to try to to be more like Christ. And that encompasses what I just read encompasses a lot of what Jesus Christ did for us. And all that, and he had the, the Holy Spirit, okay, who was uh, the God and the Holy Spirit are, and, and Jesus Christ is what we are all seek to live for, to praise those, those the, the three in one God. Uh, I'm sorry, just, I get so excited, I, I, I forget to. Uh, Forget where I am, but I want to read something else down. The whole, the, the whole basics of what I want to share today is going to be on sharing the gospel. Okay, that's the whole basis of this. I was, uh, uh, I read an article by, I guess it was a, uh, focus, well, focus on the family interview to someone called Penn Gillette. A lot of you may be familiar who Penn Gillette is. In 2009, the outspoken atheist Pendulette effusively praised a Christian businessman for giving him a Bible and proclaiming that salvation comes through faith in Christ Jesus. While Gillette, known for his magic act as half of the team of Penteller, excuse me, didn't accept the invitation to become a Christian, his assessment of religious, believe, religious believers uh, who don't proselytize caught the attention a filmmaker, Ray Comfort. After all these years, Comfort now knows the identity of the businessman and he reveals it in his upcoming film, The Fool. Never fear looking foolish again. Gillette, an actor, TV personality, activist, and author of the New York Times bestseller, God, no, signs you may already be an atheist, and other magical tales, said in 2009, the businessman was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me and then gave me a Bible. This is his quote. I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all, Gillette said at the time. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that's not really worth telling them because it would make it socially awkward? If I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and 
and you didn't believe it that the truck was bearing down on you, at a certain point, I would have to tackle you. And this is more important than that. One of the reasons I, I played that song back in 1976, uh, I was, I forget how old I was, however many years <laughs> In 1976, uh, I was living with a woman. Uh, I was 20 years old, she was 26. She had five kids, and me thinking I was a stud, trying to, <laughs> thinking I could, I'm a, here's a 20 year old guy who couldn't take care of herself, let alone a woman with five kids, okay? So anyway, long story short, uh, one day I, was, I came home from work, and she came and said, she said, you know, Michael, this, uh, this person came to the door today and invited us to go to this fellowship. And I said, she said and I was, you know, I, I was baptized when I was 14, so I remember um, th- my interests were spurned about a relationship with God when I saw the Ten Commandments. It was like, wow. And so I got my Bible and I started reading and it scared me because I got to Genesis and I saw all the things, you know, God was doing this. So I said, okay, I got to put down on the back burner. But, you know, and so as I as I got older, the Lord was, you know, uh, he was reaching out to me. So I got baptized when I was 14. And so anyway, um, this so I had an interest of God. So when uh, I was invited to go to the fellowship. What it was, they held a Bible fellowship in their own home. So they would go out and witness, and then they would bring people back to share the, and to share the gospel with them. So uh, I really learned a lot about that. Uh, now, this was a cult. At, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know what a cult was. Okay. But there's one thing, two things that I learned. Okay is that one thing I learned is that the Bible is the Word of God, okay? It is the Word of God, okay? It fits like a hand in glove. That's, that was a great phrase that, that they would use. And he said, you put your trust in God, and then God will show you who he is. So anyway, they offered a, in this organization, they offered what they called Word over the world ambassador for Christ. And what it was, they would send you out for a group of four. They would send you out for uh, a year. And what you could do, you have to, criteria was you have to have, the before people, you have to have $400 a piece. And you could only work 20 hours a day and uh, 20 hours a week. <laughs> 20 hours a week and you had to... Uh, uh, bring people back, go out witnessing. So that other time that you, you work, you'd be out witnessing, sharing the gospel and bringing people back to your fellowship. So, so I decided to do that. I said, man, this is great. Because when that person came to my door and shared the gospel with me, it really got my spiritual walk going. Although God had to snatch me out of that, that uh, cult, I learned something from it. So anyway... So the first two, I went out three times. For the first time I went to Illinois, no, Edwardsville, Connecticut, and then Illinois. So the first two times, what it was, you would always have four people, and we all had $400. And we had a place to stay. 
So you had a place to stay because you had the other believers in the area. So you were sent to an area where you had other believers. Someone in my family had a car. So it was perfect. Had a place to stay until we found our own place. The third time I went out, I was, uh, I, it was supposed to be four of us. One person decided not to go. So that's left three. So, um, and the place that they sent us, there were no other believers living in the area. There, we didn't have a vehicle. We didn't have a place to stay when we got there. So we came from this festival in Ohio, and, they, and the, the believers said, uh, they gave us a ride to our destination. They said, okay. They dropped us off on a park bench and said, okay, go move the word. And so I got two brand new believers, you know, that I'm responsible for. So I, I, uh, I told them, I said, you guys sit down and get to know each other, okay? I'm going to go inquire about there's a place we can rent. So I go knocking on the door and no one knows anything. I run into this one house. And I'm saying this to say that God does not always make things easy. The first two times I went, it was easy. This time it was not. So I knock on this door and I tell this gentleman, I say, you know, I'm, uh, we are missionaries in the area here. And can you let me know if you know of anyone that's renting an apartment or house or anything? He said, no, no, I don't know. But uh, man, that's, that's interesting that you're doing that. And so he said, no, I can't help you, buddy. So we slept on a park. We slept on a park bench. No, we slept in the park. And there was a donut shop right, donut shop right across the street. So we wake up in the morning. All of a sudden, I see this person walking toward us. And he says, you must be the guy that my, my brother met yesterday. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, and his name was Jesse Jackson, not the Jesse Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he said, well, you know, I want to do something for you. He said, hey, here's the keys to my car. You take the car and you can go out and try to find a place. And I said, I learned in this ministry that God honors his word. He honors his word. Okay. And so and I, I said, thank you, Lord. Because I saw God work. And so, and this is a great example because these believers, the two believers I had, they were scared. They were scared. So anyway, he gives us this car and we go and I couldn't find anything. So I, can't, I give the keys back to him. He said, hey, uh, no, you guys stay here, man. No, you guys stay. We got there on a Sunday. We got there on a Sunday. I forgot to tell you that. So he said, you guys can stay here. So I said, well, thank you. So we stayed four days, and I said, you know, I don't want out where I welcome. So I said, sir, and he gave us letters, used the car for the whole four days, and said, here's the uh, keys back. Thank you so much, but we got to take off. And before that, we went to his church. He was a pastor. And these guys, I mean, they were yelling and screaming, banging on the drums when it's supposed to be worship. And I said, oh, my goodness. God gives you the best he has at the time, you know. I mean, that's, that's all that was available at the time. So I got out, uh, we got out of there quick. So anyway, I had, when I got there on that Sunday, I talked to this one lady about renting her house, beautiful house, four bedroom, fireplace and everything. And I told her what we were doing. She said, you know, I'm sorry. I don't know who you guys, you don't have jobs and you want me to rent my, my apartment to you? I mean, my house to you? And I said, well, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. So one night we slept so on, the park, on the park. One night we slept in the back of a 
on the back of a house where railroad track came screaming through about three o'clock in the morning and scared the daylights out of us. And then the other night, someone uh, let, let us stay at their place. So that Sunday, that following Sunday, someone, um, uh, I called and I said, you know what? Something said, call this person and see if they would uh, change their mind about renting you the house. So I called the same lady I talked to you about on Sunday. And she said, I don't know why I'm doing this, but yeah, you can rent the place. I saw God work miracles during that time. Okay, it, it wasn't easy. And life as a Christian will not be easy. I learned a lot from those difficult situations. And it worked out, you know, everything. We were able to run a Bible fellowship in our own home. Uh, we, people got, had a relationship, got saved by the power of God. And so I, it was a big learning experience for me. Uh, okay. So um, anyway, that's, that's my little bit of testimony that I wanted to share about how God will always supply all of your need. And one of the things that I saw is that how much of a spiritual battle we were in. Because one of the gentlemen that was in um, the, uh, the wild, the ministry of the wild ambassadorship, he was gay. And he was carrying on a, a, a relationship with another person. Now, I didn't know this until it came to my attention. Now, at the time, I wasn't the leader of that, or, of that family, a group of four. There was another so I saw how the adversary got in there, okay, to try to disrupt it. And he was a great guy, you know, a great, I don't know what happened to him, but we're, we're in a spiritual battle. And the devil will do anything in his power to try to get us off track. And I, I believe this guy, finally, he repented and he changed his life. And I think because he went on that missions trip, and he saw the error of his ways, and he got, you know, he truly got saved. So sometimes there are Judases in, within your organization, okay? So anyway, so in, in Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to give you a close this out real quick. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6, chapter 6, verse 10 through 19. Okay, finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil and do not and do not wrestle. I'm sorry, sorry. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmetic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your feet, having uh, fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as, uh, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which with you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Uh, to that end, keep alert 
with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I speak. When we, when we share the gospel, I remember being asked, how was it put, uh, why do you believe Jesus Christ is the only way? And, you know, I had these little bits and pieces of answers that I could give, but nothing really, really solid until I heard. This is why I'm so grateful that God put men and women on this earth that he's inspired to help us to grow in our spiritual walk. Steve Lawson said, um, why is Jesus Christ the only way? Because no one else was born of, has been born of a virgin who lived a sinless and perfect life. No one else can give to me his perfect righteousness by his obedience under the law. No one else died in my place, bearing my sin, and carried them far away. No one else suffered the wrath of God for me upon the cross, and as uh, uh, had uh, pardon me upon the cross, and has satisfied, appeased, and placated the anger of God uh, for me. No one else has reconciled me to infinitely holy God. No one else has redeemed me from my life of slavery and sin. No one else has washed, my, washed away my sins and carried them far away. No one else has justified me uh, by his death on the cross. No one else is seated at the right hand of God and interceding for me, continually to keep me saved. Not Buddha, not Allah, not Mary, not the Pope, not uh, Mary Acre Betty, not some uni unitary uh, uh, creature, uh, not Mary Acre Betty, Betty, and certainly not me myself on my own behalf. Okay, that is, I know what to say now. You know, I know what to say now. That's why Jesus Christ is the only way, and. I'd like to leave you with one thing. I was listening to Robbie Zachariah one day. And a number of years ago, I was listening to Robbie Zachariah. And he was talking about worship. And he said, uh, worship will put your life together because worship binds all of your proclivities into a single commitment so that your deductions and decision in life is not made at heart, but they're made on the basis of that one decision. And he gave a quote from Archbishop William Templeton. And, and I quote, What is worship? It's the quickening of conscience by his holiness. It's the nourishment of mind by his truth. It's the purifying of imagination by his beauty. It's the opening of the heart to his love. And it's the submission of will to his purpose. All of this gathered up in adoration as the greatest expression of worship which we are capable. And it reminds me of Matthew 27, 22, 37. It talks about we shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind. So I, I'm grateful to God that he's led me to this church because... It's one of the few churches around. I've been blessed to uh, 
to, to, I went to another, three churches here uh, in California since I've been here, and they were all spot right on. Uh, it was sharing the gospel. But this is the only church that I wanted to join. Okay, that I wanted to join. Join because I see the hearts of the, the men here, the, belie- the women here, the hearts of servants here. And I consider it a privilege to be a part of this, uh, of this church. And, and, you know, Pastor, you said something last Sunday. You said uh, death is a, is a gift. And, and you've prefaced it by, by saying it all depends on where you're going. <laughs> See, it depends. If you've got a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ... It is a gift because when you open up your eyes, the first one you're going to see is the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we have a short time on this earth. And my goal is to try to live up to what I was reading, to be an ambassador for Christ that has that zeal to be an ambassador for Christ, that has that zeal to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I think it's when we're around believers that have that same desire is to grow in the Lord and to become what, what the ambassador for Christ really is, then I think we can all help one another. You know, so also something I've done, so I'm going to close in a word of prayer. I want to give all of us something to help us in our uh, and, and our quest to share the gospel. Okay, it's, uh, these, this book is excellent because it answers a lot of those questions you don't know how to answer when someone's approaching you and you're sharing the gospel and you don't know how to respond to it. Well, this is by Ray Comfort. He's, a, he's gifted by God on sharing the gospel in his organization. And uh, Thank you, sir. So, uh, did I give you, okay, okay. So excuse me for sweating. I just sweat profusely. I don't know why. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go, sir. Thank you. So, I'm going to say a word of prayer, and, and I'll, and, uh, then I'll, well, Father, thank you uh, once again that you, or the creator of the heavens and the earth, that all glory and honor belongs to you. I thank you that you've given us the tools to walk in this earth and be light and salt, and that, Father, that uh, we'll really uh, make an effort to live up to the standards of what uh, an ambassador of Christ is. And as we look to you when we follow the, your, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ's example, uh, how can we fail? We can be imitators of God if we imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I want to thank you for this opportunity and for these men here, and what a blessing they are to our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.